Now, this right here podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lynn's Hot Sauce. You are listening to the Three Amigos podcast with Jacob, Caleb, and Tristan. Today we will be talking about John Wayne Gacy, who was convicted of torture, rape, and murder of 33 males between 1972 until his arrest in 1978. He was called the Killer Clown because he entertained children at parties and at hospitals known as Pogo the Clown. On May 10th, 1994, Gacy was executed by lethal injection. What do you guys know about John Wayne Gacy's childhood? Well, his dad was very abusive. What do you know, Caleb? <laughs> He's a big alcoholic and uh, he verbally and uh, physically abused John Wayne Gacy. And he got hit in the head with a swing. Caused blackouts, man. Like, Yeah, it gave him a blood clot in the like back of his brain. It gave him a blood clot and in later years they removed it. So they don't think that's the reason why he became a serial killer. But they also point fingers at his father and a family friend who molested John Wayne Gacy whenever he was seven years old. And he never really spoke out about it because he was afraid that his dad would point it on him and saying that it was his fault. So, (laughs) I mean, yes, but um, they really point the finger at his father and all the back abuse, which made him like... Become a serial killer? I don't, which know I don't if believe. Which yeah, I don't think believe. that's a liable reason. Like, because I, feel yeah, like I think it's all the mental family friend. And, yeah. No, I think it's all mental because yeah, when mental. that family friend happened, like later on in the story. Well, it was, it was when he was seven years old. Yeah, but like maybe that was his first experience. Um, actually, his first experience was in his teen years, which is a very good transition. Good job, Tristan. Um, but he left when he was living in Illinois and once he got old enough and had a job he bought his own car and drove all the way out to Chicago and got his first job as a mortician's assistant which isn't really a good job to start out for a serial killer but his first experience with his dead job it's they deal with dead people and Like in the board. Yeah, so it's not a very good job for him to start out with. But his first experience with a dead body was also his first homosexual experience. It was kind of gross. Like, it's very gross, and I'm just going to be vague about it. But pretty much... It was with a little boy that was dead. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Um, He was living in the mortuary because he didn't have money to uh, get his own house because he just moved to Chicago by himself when he was 19. And so he was sleeping outside of the morgue on a cot and he got lonely. So he climbed into a casket with a little boy and did Uh, some very inappropriate things. But it kind of led on to him like torturing and raping his victims when he turns into like a serial killer whenever he was older. I think that was already in his mind when he like stepped in the casket. Well, he was boy. he was so like shocked that he liked it so much that he called his parents and asked to move back home. And his dad had no issue with it, 
but whenever he came back home, his dad took his car keys because he didn't want him leaving again. So he was stuck at home because his dad took his car keys and told him that he couldn't go and have any freedom. Do you know anything after that about his father and his, their experience? Um, his father did not like that he was independent for a couple of years. And so he started abusing him again. But since uh, John Wayne Gacy was old enough to move out, he eventually found his own place. And um, let's see. So where's the mom? Like? The mom, she was just didn't care. She was at home with the father and his other siblings. I believe he had two. They just said all the abuse was really on John. Mm. Was well, because he's fat. <laughs> and apparently not good enough for his father. Um, so he also buried his Chicago experience. He never talked about it. He made it seem like he didn't leave home for the two years that he did. And so he was pretty much hiding it because he didn't want to come out of the closet, really. I don't know any other well, way to put it. Back then, it was pretty scary if you did that. Like, There wasn't a lot of people really coming out. They were yeah. all hiding it. Now, this right here podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lynn's Hot Sauce, the best hot sauce in the galaxy. Let me tell you a little story about my hot sauce. It's the best hot sauce that you'll ever try. My great-grandpappy was in the Cold War. He turned it hot with my hot sauce. It also paid off my $3,000 loan for my cowboy boots. <laughs> But so, even though he dropped out of high school, he still went to, let me see what college it was. He was accepted at Northwestern Business College, where he graduated in uh, 1963. And then he took a management position for a shoe company. And after that, he was transferred to Springfield. And which so he was- here in Missouri? Uh, Springfield, Illinois. Okay. And he was promoted to a manager position and his wife started, like, his first wife started working there and they dated for uh, nine months and then after that they got married. And so, which I don't think, like, I mean, that's kind of weird. Like, you just date for nine months and then he proposes, which isn't the first time that he just gets married on a whim either. He has one or two other wives uh, later on, which they all divorce him because, I mean, who's going to want to marry, be married to a serial killer and rapist? And Well, like, did he have any kids? Um, he actually had two kids. He had a little boy and a little girl who were born, like, two years apart. Yeah, two years apart, and which whenever he was, he had his kids, he was part of the JCs and his local community, which is people who like helps everybody out and like he, they're kind of in charge of the community. And he got bumped up so many times that he was the main key holder. So he had a good job. He was at this point, his wife's uh, dad owned three KFC restaurants. And so he became the manager of all three. So of all three, yeah. Chain. Just basically a chain. Yeah, he was a manager Small of a chain. chain of KFC restaurants, 
So he felt like this is the only time that his father would approve of him because he's a man of the community, he has kids, he has a wife, and he has a steady job. So when was his first like, uh, like fence to another person that was living? His first, so pretty much his first arrest yeah. when he got caught. Um, it was in August of 1967 and he had hired a 15-year-old boy named Donald Voorhees. And uh, he, it wasn't even at like one of his restaurants or a convenience store that he owned. It was to do odd jobs around the house. So like me. Yeah, so pretty much it was to clean up after him and to take care of him. It was kind of creepy because... Yeah. A 15-year-old boy cleaning after... How old was he? Like 20? Not even 20? Yeah, it was little older than 20 years old. Yeah, like... So he had a little boy picking up to after him and his family. Because he was still with his wife at this point. But he was doing odd jobs around the house. And he lured him down into the basement with the promise of beer and pornographic movies. That should be our life rule number one. Like, <laughs> don't follow a creepy man down into the basement for alcohol, or just f don't follow a creepy man into his basement. Yeah, like if he's making you like do the dishes and pick up after himself, like guy's kind of creepy. Like you're 20, you should be doing this stuff by yourself. But he lured him down there, and he after he gave him two or three drinks, he uh, forced himself upon him and into having intercourse with him oh. and yeah. so the it really unplugged his fears um about him getting caught because he paid off the kid he gave him 50 bucks and told him not to talk about it just 50 dollars yeah nowadays but this is also the 70s nowadays so. you would be like mm -mm, <laughs> yeah no. up that but um so he wasn't worried about getting caught but later on, um, he also sexually abused several other teenage boys, and he was convicted of some of them. Um, but how he lured them in, it's kind of weird. It was, he tried to convince them, well, he did convince them that it was for scientific research program that he was doing. And there was no, there, of there course, was there wasn't any program. I went to college for this scientist thing, Virginia. So you know, yeah, and help me with this. He would once again fifty dollars. He would pay his participants uh, right after the research sessions, which was just him having sex with them. Whoa, word intercourse, uh, yeah. intercourse, intercourse. <laughs> sorry, um, but he would pay them fifty dollars and say that it was for scientific research. And then in March of 1968, um, everything started coming up at that time. But at this time he wasn't killing anybody and it was just pretty much him showing dirty movies and giving alcohols to minors and also having intercourse, intercourse with them. And then he get like, Two years, convicted two years to be in prison? Um, he was, it all came down on him, and uh, the little boy, Donald Voorhees, told his father about the, inno uh, the innocent, innocent, uh, <laughs> incident. incident, there we go, yeah. um, 
with John Wayne Gacy and which his dad immediately reported it to the police and which another 16 year old boy who also heard about what was going on with him also uh, came out and told the cops what happened and he was charged with oral sodomy of a 15 year old and attempted assault of another boy and which he completely denied like he went to court and he was like oh this kid is lying about me i would never do anything like this and nobody like really believed him and it was crazy what he did he paid another 19 year old boy to go and beat up Voorhees for three hundred dollars to beat him up to get him in the hospital so he shouldn't like show up to court did he did he show up to court he did end up showing up to court and he got convicted in december 27th 1969 um which is also around the time that his father died he was contained whenever his father passed away and everybody denied him rights to going to go see his father and go to the funeral because he really wasn't trustworthy at the time. And how many years was he convicted? He was sentenced to 10 years in prison. And didn't he get out for like really behave, like good behavior? And yeah, he did everything he could to get out early. He only did 18 months from the 10 years. That he became... Seem right. Yeah, it, it's kind of sketchy. Bro, if you molest the boys like that, like... And he just got out because he was doing dishes. Yeah, he was doing dishes and he was cooking meals for everybody. And there uh, is even a interview where he was talking about the Christmas dinner he was going to make for the rest of the cellmate, like the cellmates. He was going to make them a buffet. And he said, the only rule is, is you eat what you take. Like he was even making news that he was such a good crimp, like such a good inmate. And like everybody started to like him in there for. He hid it. Everybody in the jail, because it, you think that he would get beat up and stuff like that because of what he did. But he hid it. He told everybody that it was an assault charge, which he wasn't lying because there was attempted murder. Yeah. And everybody just believed him from there because he was such a good actor. So he got out and what did he do? He got out and he just went straight back to uh, Waterloo, Chicago and started uh, rebuilding his life. And so he went back to his old house and got everything together. And during that time that he was in jail, his wife divorced him. So he came out and he was all by himself. His kids were gone, his wife was gone, but he also told his family that he hopes he never sees them again, which he never did. But no sexual assault charges on his kids, right? Like no, never, he didn't never. do anything to his kids. It was, for some reason, kids our age. It was like 14 to 19. Well, so right. all of his victims, all 33, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, 33. Yeah, 33. All 33 of his victims were teenage boys. Yeah, that's kind of weird though. Like, but, when was his first... Murder. His first murder was um, in January of 1972 on Timothy Jack McCoy, who was 16 and was uh, 
like planning to spend the night at a bus stop in Chicago, Whoa. and the bus wasn't scheduled uh, to leave until the following day. But Gacy approached him and offered him to give him a tour of the city because the kid was there to see sights anyway. So uh, he was also like, hey, I'll give you a place to sleep. You don't have to sleep out here in the cold because it was January. Uh, yeah, and so, too. so the kid took him up on his offer. And according to Gacy, he woke up the following morning and saw the kid standing in his doorway with a knife. Uh, so Gacy kind of freaked out and thought the, t- uh, the kid was trying to kill him. So he freaked out. He charged at him and got control of the knife. And Gacy stabbed him to death. Afterwards, he realized that the kid was being nice, trying to return the favor of him, like letting him stay in his house. So he was up making him breakfast. Cooking. There was, yeah, he was just came in to wake up John to let him know, hey, breakfast is almost done. <laughs> but John freaked out and stabbed him in his stomach until he like died repeatedly. Like he just slammed him on the bed and plunged the knife into his gut. Nice. So, <laughs> no, I'm, no, not, nice. I'm not making breakfast for my mom or anything. No, no <laughs> I mean, it might be a little freaky that he's holding a knife in his doorway. Well, it was because like he was cutting up bacon. Like he went out there and there was a slab of bacon that was uncut. Like he was freshly cutting the bacon and bacon was the last thing that he had to make. Like, uh, Gacy said that there was plates with eggs and toast. Like, he was getting him a really so nice breakfast. Caught? Did he get caught? Um, I don't remember. But, um, so, he was the first... Oh, no, he was the first to be buried in John Wayne's Gacy's favorite place to bury his victim, <laughs> which was under his house in the crawl space of his house. That's that's a good place. I'm telling you, like, you murder <laughs> somebody, you like just. Well, the neighborhood started noticing the smells, like as he started killing more, and oh, them decaying and like the bodies. Yeah, rotting. that's gonna smell. And yeah, people yeah, started reporting be, him, and he just buried him so far deep under his house that plumbers would go down there and say that it's a leaking sewage pipe. But there's maggots and cockroaches crawling all over the floor. Right. I thought there's like then you bleach something. Yeah, he used uh, lime. He would go and put lime down there uh, to try to cover up the smell. It wouldn't for like that many victims. It wouldn't do anything. At the end, as he was convicted of all of his murders and his rape and his torture, there was 29 bodies under his house, Not and then there was the other four were. Found in like this river bank. Yeah, they washed up on the side of the river uh, from a nearby bridge near Gacy's house. I realized we forgot to record an outro, but that was the end of the clip. Thank you for listening. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I know.